Welcome to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. Change the culture and the politics will follow. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 Podcast. Really glad you can join us today. You're going to like this episode because we're talking about a topic not a whole lot of folks talk about. Uh, We have author and speaker Gary Freeman of a brand new book that's going to be very important in the entire discussion on life issues. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast Gary Freeman. Gary, why don't you just tell folks a little bit about yourself and how God's been working in your life? Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Chesapeake, Virginia, but I now reside in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I got to North Carolina by way of um, played football for a school, East Carolina University, so I was able to get a scholarship to play football and graduate and all that good stuff. Um, actually, so we, yeah, we've been in Raleigh um, after uh, graduation, so I always joke around and say that um, two of the most important things in my life happened at East Carolina, and my senior year was I was able to meet Jesus and my wife. <laughs> so, awesome. so yeah, so my wife, uh, we've been married for 15 years and we have, uh, two beautiful daughters, uh, 12 and six. Um, so yeah, so that's, um, kind of a, a brief synopsis of life. Obviously there's a lot of things to fill in, but, um, that's pretty much what, um, I guess background in terms of what a big part of my life was in terms of sports and then moving into um, ministry as well, um, both pastoral and in the pro-life world um, and working in local pregnancy centers and with national organizations. So um, that was a huge part of my life, been a huge part of my life and what kind of led to uh, the book and where we are now and really just trying to figure out a lot of different things in terms of um, fatherhood and what that looks like. Um, and how to process um, our fatherhood story or our own father story and how that affects how we even father. So that's mm-hmm. something that's really uh, key to me. It means a lot to me in terms of my own story of my dad. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where we are now, praying through that and just praying to serve and do what it is that the Lord's called us to do. So, there you, you go. know what? What I found, Gary, is that uh, it seems like a lot of folks, when they take on a project and, as you know, uh, writing a book is not an easy thing to do. Oh, man, and no. it seems like everybody, when you've got um, something like that, uh, that you just feel like, you know, God's put it on your heart. Uh, there, there's usually a moment or a, or a series of different things or something that's kind of, uh, you know, just, just coming up in your life and you kind of get that feeling that this is a project I really need to uh, take on. So is there a, uh, I mean, is there a specific sequence of events or anything? I guess what I'm asking is what, mm-hmm. what, when did you know, what moved you to, to take the time to write yeah. fathers, the missing, you know, the missing link? What, what was it that really, did you arrive at a point that said, I've got to write this book? Yeah, uh, most definitely. I would think, um, cause I worked, um, I started off in a local pregnancy center. So I was a fatherhood coordinator um, working in the pregnancy center. And I saw that time, uh, just really where God just really used that time to like rock my worldview in a sense, in terms mm-hmm. of dealing with, um, abortion minded men, um, and couples in that, in that regard. So, and just seeing how that, um, for one, just the, the space that it took to really understand the story. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like when they come into the center, they were it was they were already at the point of I'm scared. What do I do? But then really digging into the story of how they got here. Um, that was mm-hmm. something for the guys that was really key. So just kind of working through that and then working through in terms of national scene now, kind of train the trainer mentality when I was 
uh, with CareNet. And it was kind of like, you know, just, man, there were so many different things or holes, rather, that I saw in terms of what the big catalyst things were for guys that were abortion minded. And what does that look like? And if we can intervene in those things and know how to intervene, man, the, the outcome of their mind switching from, um, you know, I can't do this or whatever the case may be to their heart, understanding who they are mm-hmm. and just the physical things they needed help with, along with the spiritual help that they needed in terms of um, knowing who they could turn to to get their worth. Um, so all that culminated into where I feel like um, the book came from. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something there. I was asking, actually going to ask this a little bit deeper into the podcast, but I'm going to ask it right now because it is cool. such, as I read your book, as I was looking through it, there was one, one section. I mean, it's all good stuff, but there was one section that just really, to me, it just jumped off the page. And that is you really reveal uh, some, uh, some really jaw dropping stats about how a father's involvement will directly impact whether a pregnant woman is abortion minded or not. And so take a, take a few minutes and tell us about, um, tell us about that section. Tell us about it. I think this is going to surprise a lot of people, frankly. Tell us about when, when a father is involved or isn't involved. What type of impact does that have on whether or not a pregnant mother is going to be contemplating abortion? Yeah. So that was actually really huge for me as well. And I, I discovered that in terms of, um, when I was working with CareNet and just a lot of great information and, um, being able to do some, uh, different surveys and things like that, uh, that CareNet was doing. And really just, it was a, it was an eye opening thing for me. So it was, it was a combination of, you know, just if we understood how that guy's influence is in her life, um, it was just unbelievable. Um, the amount of um, turnarounds that I would say that we saw specifically in the local pregnancy center. And I kind of um, stay in that kind of mix because that was something um, that was really near and dear to me to try to figure out. And it was just one of those things when we started tracking, like, hey, if a guy was present and he was literally there in terms of support and you know what, we're going to figure this out together the numbers of women that chose life was just like astronomical in terms of um, specifics of what that looked like. Um, If he wasn't there, if he wasn't present, present, and more importantly, if he wasn't involved. So a lot of guys just kind of think, you know, I'm just kind of here, you know, I'm just kind of playing on my phone while she's in another room deciding, you know, one of the biggest decisions of her life. But if he's involved, but he knows why he's involved, um, Mm -hmm. we saw some of those, uh, numbers really stick out. And um, even in the book, um, I, be- I want to say, and um, I apologize, cause I don't have it memorized right in front of me right now. But at the same time, um, within the book, I highlight some of those numbers from the pregnancy center that I was with. Um, and the jump was from about 15 to 20% of if a guy wasn't involved um, with a young lady. Um, what her decision would be or just what her thoughts were towards the pregnancy, which was more abortion minded. Um, mm-hmm. But if you have a guy that's involved, I mean, it jumps to almost 60 to 70 percent of what her position is in terms of just how she views the pregnancy. And I mean, and that's really what a guy is your influence. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people kind of fight, especially in society. You know, no man's going to tell me what to do. And it's not I don't it's, it's not that it's just understanding his influence. A lot right. of young ladies want him to say something, but he doesn't know what to say. 
And if he's being beat up by society to say nothing, you know, it's kind of like this dichotomy that you got to fight through to be like, hey, man, you matter. And her your voice matters to her tremendously. So, um, yeah. So that was something that um, we started seeing specifically in the local center um, that was really, really key uh, to that young lady's view on the pregnancy and ultimately the decisions that were being made for life. So that was really, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been involved with several uh, focus group efforts uh, that have done, you know, professional research uh, with uh, particularly people under the age of, of 35. And it was interesting. In one focus group, uh, we saw numerous guys in that group that would express, uh, you know, how much they, they had hoped that a girlfriend would choose life. But, mm-hmm. In every single instance, I mean, every single instance in the research that I was a part of, uh, these same guys, after they would express all that, they would very quickly say, but, you know, it's not my place to say anything about it. So they right. they, they just openly said, I took a step back and it wasn't my part uh, to say anything about it. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you hear that a lot, that, yeah. you know, abortion yeah. is strictly a woman's issue uh, and that men shouldn't be involved with, with all. You've mentioned, you know, a little bit about that, but how do you react to that? If you're speaking someplace and somebody uh, brings that up and says, hey, Gary, I know what you're saying, but, you know, this is totally a woman's issue. How do you react to that? Yeah, um, I, I really, for me, it's just I go back, you know, just to the book of Genesis and who God gave the initial instruction to in terms of um, even when um, to understand that, you know, the tree of good and evil and and who God was talking to. He was talking to Adam first and then that was chapter two. So you get to chapter three and then when Eve is approached, um, the you know, the Bible tells us clearly that Adam was there. So it was more like. You know, I take that example and it's like a lot of guys know or have an idea of what to do, but for whatever the reasons, and there could be, you know, several variables um, that keep uh, keep a guy quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you uh, but your influence means so much more than you think. And I think that comes from a guy understanding his own God given worth first. Yeah. And then from there, understanding how he's supposed to, you know, use that in a way that's glorifying to God to protect her. Mm-hmm. And if a guy really just kind of changes his mentality to like, man, this is a protection aspect of things like, hey, you know what to do. And even if you don't know what to do, hey, we need guys to step in and help and help guys to understand what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's really important. And that's really the the aim that I take. Um, in terms of talking with it, whether I'm speaking or doing a training or something. And I have a much more detailed way of kind of fleshing that out. But for the sake of this, that's really the aim that I have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, this is not about, you know, just leaving her, hanging her out to dry. Like there's a protection element that a lot right. of guys, when you tap into that, it's like, oh, man, whoa, yes. I didn't really know that. Or, yeah, that's that's up my alley. So mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Yeah, and that's that kind of leads to the next thing that it's one to get your feedback on because I obviously everybody that comes in uh, to a center, everyone's different. Every woman's right. different. Every guy's different. Every situation's different. I mean, there's a lot of different things. But if you kind of had to say, do you spot a common thread when guys come in and you start a discussion? I mean, is there anything that again? I know it's not going to apply to every situation, but right. uh, that's what I'm getting at. Is do you sense? fear? Do you sense uncertainty? Do you sense defiance? I mean, if there's a common thread that you might see, what would that look like? Um, yeah, man, um, I would say two main things stick out and it would definitely be, um, some sort of fear. Um, and it doesn't have to be just, 
you know, I'm, I'm scared to death of this baby being born. Like that's definitely an aspect of it, but it could be fear of a number of different things. Um, in terms of facing something that they didn't think they would have to face because of the pregnancy, whether it's employment, whether it's housing, whether it's ideas of fatherhood and their own fatherhood story. So a lot of that goes into that, um, that I think I love digging into. And that's what I mean by what I said earlier, like digging into their story. Mm -hmm. Um, so it kind of, we want to ease those fears into a way where we can actually deal with what the main issue is of why you're even abortion minded. Right. So I feel like that's one aspect. And the next would just be the apathetic guy um, Mm. who's just like, you know what? I think that by me not caring, I'm caring. Mm. And that's not it at all. Um, I think, you know, just having a distinct, decisive voice in it with like understanding how to communicate that voice with love and care to her um, is, is crucial. So guys like, hey, we got to work through this apathetic aspect of things to um, really understand your influence and your voice to her so that, mm-hmm. you know, there can be some kind of semblance of what's actually going on because you're, 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 like you're triaging in that sense. So um, I think that's really key. Those two things I really would see as a common theme um, mm-hmm. for guys. You know, one other thing that's really emerging in national research uh, and it's you know, every year we're seeing more and more of this, and that is, um, you know, the the church's role in involvement with, uh, you know, not only uh, talking about life issues, but also talking about responsibilities and so forth. And, mm-hmm. you know, so when it comes to guys, uh, you know, and again, this is, uh, there's, you know, all different uh, types of scenarios when we start talking about the church. And I don't think I've ever, <laughs> I don't think I've ever attended a, uh, like a, um, a strategy session where the mm-hmm. comment doesn't isn't made like many times throughout the day. Of we've got to get the church more involved, and I don't know, always know exactly what that means. To be honest with you, but it always yeah. comes up. But but we do know from research that the church's influence in any community is going to have a direct impact on so many things across the board. And I know that uh, you're a young guy, so I've been around long enough. I've seen the Promise Keepers movement. I've wow, seen other yes, things which yes. really challenge guys to, to do stuff. And yet mm-hmm. guys being guys, I guess, get challenged and then kind of slide right back to, <laughs> you know, life is normal. <laughs> but in this situation, I mean, you're touching on something here with fathers being the missing link with all of this. And so the question, and you touch a little bit on this in your book as well. The question is in in your thinking and your experience, is the church doing a good job of challenging men uh, when it comes to the abortion issue? Man. Yeah. So I think my quick answer um, is no. And I say that with so much love, (laughs) Um, I don't want to come off uh, too harsh in that, but I, I think there's something that we have that as a church we can deal with in terms of with men, um, because the decision of abortion is men being like task oriented or, you know, we, we like to fix it. It's something that we just can't put our hands on to fix because at the end of the day, um, I dealt with a lot of guys who, man, they wanted the pregnancy and maybe she didn't. Right. So like, how do you deal with that? But at the end of all of that, um, how does a guy actually deal with who he is um, in Christ and who he is and what his purpose is rather? Um, in terms of how he leads um, in a family and uh, in the community and within the church. And I think when you dig into that, it really comes down to a discipleship um, mentality, 
mm-hmm. where just guys being able to dig in with guys. And what I mean with that is not just, you know, a men's group at a local church, um, but guys really um, opening themselves up to, hey, if guys come through a, a local pregnancy center that a church supports, how can a guy attach to a guy that way and just walk with them? Because that's that's one of the things that I used to do all the time. It's like even if uh, if people didn't want to volunteer at the center or guys didn't want to come volunteer at the center, I would always say, well, hey, if you could just start like a, a support group at the church, I could funnel guys to you because I feel like the church is the long term um, aim um, of being able to walk with guys. And really, it just boils down to sitting down, sitting in somebody's story. And figuring out, man, where is God leading? Where's the, the Holy Spirit leading? Where, where are we going with this? And really, it just starts helping them maintain just a mentality um, that hopefully gets passed on. You know, if they have a child or there's a child coming that gets passed on to the next generation. Because at this point, um, I really feel like, um, man, the church, we have so many things that are just, you know, air quotes on our agendas to do that. um I heard one time, I can't remember the pastor's name, but I heard him say um, one time that, you know, no, no pastor really got into the ministry to just um, go and lead pro-life ministries. They, you know, you do it to make disciples. Mm -hmm. So I think that that same aim is something that, man, there's a lot of people who are hurting, you know, struggling that come into different centers or just are out there dealing and they don't feel like they can come and, you know, deal within a church. Mm-hmm. So if a church kind of makes their presence known in the community to, you know, do certain things um, that opens up the door um, to be able to say, hey, we're here with you. You know, you might be struggling. Um, you might not have an idea of what's going on. But, hey, we know someone <laughs> who, you know, died on the cross for all of us. So how do we just dig into stories? How do we dig into the mess? And from there, I think we start seeing, you know, just or the sprouting. Um, yeah of real relationships happening. And that's kind of how we move forward as the, as the church to go make disciples. I think that's really key. Yeah, that that's really, really great stuff, Gary. And uh, again, it's Gary Freeman, author of fathers, uh, the missing link. Uh, Gary, are you available? I mean, do you travel the country and speak on this topic of fathers and being the missing link? And is that something that, that, you know, churches and, and other organizations are hosting you to come in and share on this? Yes. So um, I do a lot of uh, just different trainings for pregnancy centers in terms of just if you want to have guys active, what does that look like? The capacity of what that looks like, um, as well as just speaking pregnancy center banquets, um, just different church events, um, speaking to this issue. And really, uh, I love it because I love to speak and then have a Q&A. Q&A is my best. I, I love that because it's oh, like a lot of. A lot of ideas, yeah. A lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts get get sparked, and man, I I learn a lot as as well in terms of like man, just things I've seen over time where um God would really just use those moments to spark something somewhere in the ministry somewhere. So yeah, I love to do that and have been doing that um, for a couple years now, um, and really trying to um, find my footing, especially with uh, having the book to be like, hey, how do we? handle you know just the speaking and and what that looks like so that when we you know if i go somewhere and speak like man i want what god is doing there to be done with excellence so yeah i I love to be able to do that yeah that's awesome well hey if uh, somebody's listening and they're saying hey i really uh really would like to get in contact with gary find out more maybe they want to order uh the book or order quantities of the book for distribution at churches or whatever on this what's the easiest way for folks to get in touch with you and find out information about you about speaking about ordering your book uh how can folks do that 
Yeah, so um, I'm actually, um, I'm a part of a speakers group, and it's called uh, Write, Speak, Inspire. Um, and uh, this speaker group, uh, the website is uh, com, and then you backslash Gary Freeman. Um, okay. I'm in, this, in the speaker group. So um, that's that's a way to get to me. Or you can just send me an email, um, which is Gary Freeman. Uh, so my first and last name is 07 at gmail.com. Um, and also to get the book, uh, you can just go to Amazon.com and just type in Fathers, the Missing Link. And it should pop up. Uh, Gary J. Freeman. Um, I think the book is around uh, eight, nine books now. Um, and. Uh, I really feel like it's, you know, I wanted it to be accessible because just, if nothing else, just to get the conversation still going of men being in the movement of right. life. Um, so, yeah, so that's usually the easiest ways uh, to get in contact with me. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love to be able to do that and be able to come and speak and join or, you know, be in something that your church has going on or your center or organization. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so those ways uh, would be the ways. Uh, so the easiest, though, would probably be just uh, my email with the Gary Freeman 7 at Gmail dot com. And we could go from there. Awesome. Well, hey, Gary, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I mean, uh, I, I have full confidence that we're going to be talking again because I think we just really scratched the surface on mm -hmm. some of these issues. And so uh, but I really appreciate you taking the time today to be on the podcast to share uh, about uh, about fathers the missing link and you heard gary say it's like eight or nine bucks to order it online hey we all know you can't go to uh drive through right now and even get a combo <laughs> for that so exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not going to be life-changing i promise you but fathers the missing link is something that uh could actually be very life-saving uh in your community so uh you've got the information to contact gary uh that and you know that's it for this episode of the podcast actually we need to wrap up with everything gary uh thanks again for being on today i know folks are really going to get um really enjoy this conversation and hopefully we'll be in touch with you uh, if you are a listener to the podcast hope that you're subscribing to whatever platform you're listening to whether it be apple podcast spotify or whatever whatever your favorite one is subscribe to it leave us a review uh, that's always very helpful with it and never forget and everything that you're processing through uh with this podcast and other things in life that if you change the culture the politics will follow thanks for listening Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow.